On today's show, KB is going to give a spoiler light review of Birds of Prey. Or is it Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey? Then, does the Joker have a new love interest in the comics? And speaking of the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor at the 2020 Academy Awards for his role in Joker. We discuss that and the movie as a whole. Yes, it's a whole lot of clowning around on this episode of Free Your Geek. By the power of Grayskull, you have failed this city. Torpentine. Winter is coming. Finish him! Fatality. They're all here for me. Aren't they? No. They're not? No, they're not. Do you know what that means? That means he's not just after the kid anymore. He's after all of us. Sure as hell after me. I just robbed him. You just betrayed him, you just killed his BFF, and you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant deaths and let Rome go finger fishing in the kid's intestinal tract, we're gonna have to work together. <sighs> okay. Yeah, okay. And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free, and with me... KB. KB, how's it going, buddy? It's going... fabulous. Oh, like the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn? Yes. So we're going to start off the show today. Uh, KB has seen the new movie, Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey. We're going to be talking about that a little bit. Saturday Uh, morning. He starts Saturday morning. Uh, So recently, it's still pretty much a brand new flick. It's only been out about a week uh, by the time this airs. So I want to make sure that we keep it somewhat spoiler free. We'll keep it spoiler light uh, without giving away too many plot points. But I just wanted to kind of uh, just first of all, give yourself give an overall thought of the movie. And then I want to get into all the different characters and see from your opinion how they kind of like play out. Um, I really liked it personally. It was, I thought it was really good. It was really well thought. I liked the the the. It wasn't as we've always kind of had some of the complaints about the early DC movies being darker. And if you think about Suicide Squad, like this was lighter in more more friend not friendlier, but more breaking the fourth fourth wall and things of that nature. So um, action was good. Story was pretty good. Um, and you know, I, I, I liked all the actresses. They all did a pretty good, pretty good job. Um, not crazy about the villain, but you know, other than that, it, it was, it was really good. Overall, it was pretty good. Okay. So we'll, we'll get into the villain yep. and, and whatnot, but I want to start with, okay. So you thought it was pretty good. We always do the rating out of 10. Yep. So if you were to give it a rating out of 10, I kind of agree with the rotten tomato score, like at 80%, so like an eight. An eight out of ten. Yeah, so, I liked it. I really liked it. So where do you think that could again? Eight's pretty good. So where do you think, like you said, was it the story that could improve? Was it the villain that could improve? What what would bring it up to a higher score, like a nine or a ten? Um, probably the villain. 
Okay. Probably definitely the villain. Um, just a, a, an unknown, not unknown, but not as popular character. That's a good Some point. of the other characters, and I don't know. I feel like DC has a better rogue, a better stable of characters to, to work with. Okay, so, so let's, let's talk about some of these characters yeah. in the movie. So obviously we know we have Harley Quinn. Yep. Played by Margot Robbie. Fantastic. She's, she's back into uh, the role she played in Suicide Squad. So is this an actual, almost like a, not a sequel to the Suicide Squad, but it's set in the same It's year. after. She even mentions at some point that okay. it's after. Yeah. Okay, so it is after the Suicide yep. Squad. And she's the main focus of this movie, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have her, and I'm assuming she's... The anti-hero or the hero, if you will. It, it, the movie's bred to be the Deadpool equivalent. Okay. so And that's essentially what Harley is in yeah. the DC comic yep. universe. Exactly. Um, so how much of this movie, if you were to give it giving, going back to a percentage, how much of this movie focuses on her as opposed to the rest of the characters of the Birds of Prey? Uh, probably a good 70, 75%. Yeah. So it's more of a Harley Quinn focus. Yes, it is. Um, and we'll we'll get back to that in a little bit. I'll yep. put a pin in that that note. But definitely, uh, Margot Robbie still kills it. Oh yeah, I noticed yeah. in she's, the. Go ahead. I'm she, sorry. She's gorgeous, and she she just seems to have. It's kind of like how Ryan Reynolds has Deadpool down. I think Margot Robbie. I think you see this, and it's like, oh, she she really. I mean, we knew she had it down in Suicide Squad, but this just kind of really, you know, shows that she can really do the role, um, well, you know. So it was she was really good. Well, because I was going to ask uh, in, in particular um, with that, I noticed in the trailer her accent is kind of it's weird. a little twisted, but in the movie she's going through a lot. Right. She's but, going through a ton, and the accent isn't as... I'll give you this on the accent. It's not as... I feel like in Suicide Squad, the accent the accent was a little hard. Like a little... Like, how do I say it? Like, just really... A, a little over amplified a little squeaky okay so to speak and i think maybe she was just trying to like tone it tone it down a little little bit you know take it down a degree i guess the question is is the same accent she had is she supposed to be like brooklyn type of uh new york it's close enough okay i wasn't sure it's close enough i i because i really like the her accent that the way she did it in the suicide squad and then i watched the trailer and i thought the accent was a little off yeah she i i think she toned it down a little bit okay very brought it down a bar but so the movie is about 70, 75 percent. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about uh, who do you think then who of the remaining female leads or the birds of prey, who gets the most screen time out of the rest of them? Montoya. OK, Renee Montoya. So Montoya, yep. uh, Gotham City cop. In Rosie the com- Perez. Rosie Perez. Yep. Uh, she's a Gotham City cop mm-hmm. for Gotham PD. In the comic book, she gets I believe she gets fired for or she leaves because she's getting a hard time because she's a lesbian. She's outed as a lesbian. It's, it's a similar. Is it? A- it's similar. Yeah. Okay. Very similar gig. And is now in the in the movie, is she all, already opposed to Harley Quinn or is she more? We know who the villain is. We'll get to the villain in a second. Is she after the villain, or is she after Harley Quinn, or is it she, a combination she, of both? It, it, she's, it's a combination. It's a combination of both. Okay, so she's got the most screen time of all yeah. the other birds of prey. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we have also have the Huntress and Black Canary. Let's mm. just get your thoughts on both Mary of those. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. Well done. As the Huntress? Yes. And she, how, do, how do you think she played? Is it uh, Helena Bertinelli? Yes. Uh, version? Okay. Yes, and they went back into the origin story, which was pretty cool. So I'm assuming the villain, which we've been kind of teasing a little bit, is uh, Black Mask. 
mm-hmm. um, Roman Siona, Sionis, uh, does he directly responsible or does he have a hand in what happened to the Bertinelli family or is it totally separated? It's, separ- it's separated a bit. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's separated a bit. Um, and the Black Canary character didn't get enough screen time. Okay. And I know that's one of your favorites. Black but, Canary, well, she, as, a, as a character as a whole, is one of your favorites. Black Canary is one of my favorite characters in on, on screen and with the Arrowverse yeah. and in the comic books. And the actress that played her, I can't think of her name off the top of my mm-hmm. head, but she played Denise on Full House, which was Michelle's friend, and now she's all grown up and she's got a sonic scream. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> but speaking of young children, we also see a young child by the name of Cassandra Kane, whose yeah. who's Birds of Prey character differs very much uh, from the comic book yep. equivalent of it. So give us a little bit of uh, backstory on Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane is just a, a, a child like in an abusive home, basically. Um, lives, uh, basically lives, um, you know, uh, petty theft, pick, you know, pickpocketing, things like that. Um, does play does play a central part in the story, but like it's not they don't really focus on the character development development as much as she's more important to the overall plot. So you know if you're looking for character development there with with her, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get that in this movie. If they do another one, then I think you'll get it. But in this one, no. Without giving too much away, do they ever kind of allude to her father being an assassin or training her? Or she's just more of a street urchin, a street kid, just a street kid, and that's that's what kind of gets her. Um, I think that's kind of what bond. There, there, there's portions of the movie with her and Harley, and that that that, that little there's a little uh, bonding there in that. So, d- not comparing it to the Marvel universe no. or the Fox universe, no. um, Fox Cinematic Universe. But Deadpool 2, we see Deadpool kind of almost take on a shine to another kid. Is it similar to that? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Not as, not as, um, but not as, uh, dramatic. Okay. And we saw the same thing. I was going to mention Logan as well with, uh, Logan and Laura. Laura, Not, not as closely tied, but, but pretty close. Okay. Um, and then let's talk about the villain real quick. Black Mask. You, you, I'm just not a big fan. The actor that plays him. Do you know? Uh. Cannot think of it off the top of my head. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to have to look this up, but I thought it was Ewan McGregor. Oh, yes, yes, it is. Yes. So, yes was it, it Ewan, Ewan yes. McGregor? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And, and the acting job wasn't bad. I'm just not a fan of the character. I think, so I, I haven't seen the movie, but he's actually one of my favorite Batman-like villains because mm-hmm. to me, he's more of, I don't want to say the equivalent of like a kingpin, mm-hmm. but he's a crime boss, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, and he wears that that mask and i just think it's it's a cool change of pace from like you know the joker mm-hmm. who's criminally insane or mr freeze the riddler mm-hmm. penguin i mean penguin i guess you could kind of say you know he's like a second rate penguin yep so i i'm not even a second rate penguin i think he has its own purpose i believe i think he'd be a great like foil or a villain for somebody like nightwing or, or something mm-hmm. lo- something along those lines um almost as a crime boss of another city but for Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn, I think it's uh, it's a good villain. Again, maybe to your point, yeah. having somebody a little bit more uh, notorious yeah. might have helped. Well, I mean, the, the Joker's, the Joker's um, I don't want to say Joker's presence was felt through the movie, but in, in the plot of things, the Joker actually, um, you know, uh, I, 
I hate to spoil this. I think most people know anyway. Doesn't make an appearance in the movie. Okay, yeah, no, right. And that's so. He, but he is part of the plot that he, he's his actions that she talks about. Because, like I said, we're breaking the fourth wall and her telling a story. Move the movie in motion. They Got they, it. they set up they they set it in motion so that way, like when you're starting, you're getting a little bit of some kind of background. They're not just throwing you into Harley Quinn sitting there. You know, they're they're she she's telling, uh, doing a telling of what what transpired with the Joker. So it's almost like it's kind of like a narration or a flashback. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Now, we talked a little bit before we started recording about uh, you said you weren't sure about the box office. You you enjoyed the movie. It's got a yeah. great Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, it's critics. Well, I mean, some people don't like it, obviously. Right. And there's always going to be people that don't. But uh, it's gotten pretty pretty decent. It's, I think it was 67 on Metacritic, which isn't awful. Right. Right. It's, and then you got 80 on Rotten Tomatoes and I think 60 with IMDb or whatever, you know what I mean? So they're not awful scores, you know, right. by any means. Uh, so the movie can stand on its own. Uh, I just think what we're about to allude to is, you know, the title change that's happening. Well, well, yeah, we'll get there in a second. But um, via New York Times, uh, essentially Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn still fell far below projections. Yeah. Analysts had expected the film's domestic opening to reach around $50 million. Instead, it brought in 33.3. So it missed the mark by like $16 million, $16.5 million. Um, the reported budget for Birds of Prey is $84.5 million. I thought it was 93, but it, well, uh, might be. Um, and it brought in $48 million overseas. Uh, according to the studio, which lifts its total weekend sales to about $81 million. So it's going to make its money back. That's least. Well, no, we don't know that. That's that's the point I was going to bring up because essentially with the theater, the theaters taking their piece of it, usually a film's budget yeah. has to double that's for it to make a profit. So at $84.5, you are talking $169 million that it needs to make. So yeah. it needs to make another $180 million in its run to become profitable, mm. at least. If I did my math correctly. Did I do my math correctly? Hold on. 168, 169. It's uh no, it's uh we have another 80, yeah. 88 million. Yeah, yeah, my math you were was doing off. the whole number. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, 88 million. So again, it's gonna basically like do exactly Double. what it did now. And and it could. It could. And to you to the point you you were kind of teasing a little bit as far as the the title change, many of the theaters are actually renaming the movie instead of calling it Birds of Prey, they're calling it Harley Quinn. Birds of Prey. There wasn't a lot of promotion leading up to this movie either. I I did I barely knew it was coming out till like a month or two ago. Like as far as like commercials or seeing anything, you know. Like usually you tend to see some 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 more clips and things and uh you know of that nature months and months beforehand. We're talking a couple months is when I started seeing you know clips on TV. I'm not talking about internet. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about to the movie going. You're talking to the general populace. Trailers and yeah, that, like hey, I'm watching the football game and and the and the trailer pops up like it, it and you kind of need that. I know everybody relies on the internet these days, but I think you still kind of need that. Um, but I also think there's a lot of people that you know, and we've talked about this before. Saturation of superhero movies. Okay, so Birds of Prey. It's another title people don't know, and there's been so many superhero movies, and you're in the post. Uh, post Infinity Wars era of, of these movies, uh, I think that the title change to you know Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey is more appropriate, uh, so people at least know Harley Quinn 
you know, and, and think about it. Maybe if they did something like that with Suicide Squad, maybe they would have had a, a, a better opening because um, that's the character people – that's the character the common people seem to know more than some of the other ones. And you're absolutely right. And it's it's funny to think that Harley Quinn started off on Batman the Animated Series yeah. and was so popular with fans that she got written into the comic book and then it took on a life of its own. And she's the equivalent, as we kind of uh, mentioned Deadpool. a little bit, she's the Deadpool of the DC Universe now. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I, I, I like the character. I like what Margot Robbie's done with it. I think the movie can do a lot better. If it was, like I said, I think if it was promoted better and if the name, the title was different, um, you know, I think it would have done a lot, lot better. I guess the, the the last question is, well, what does it do for the DC EU as a movie? And based on the ending of the movie, I kind of feel like, what do you do with these other birds of prey going forward? You know, Harley's always going to have a role, whether it be, you know, a new Joker movie, a new Suicide, whatever. Okay, she's always going to have a role in their, their universe. But the other characters of like Huntress and Black Canary, you know, how well are they received? And, you know, can they have a place in, in the DC, you know, cinematic universe? Well, you mentioned you mentioned a little earlier that even uh, Black Canary didn't get a whole lot of screen time. No, Huntress did, though. Which I was pretty happy about, right? But I think again, if, if you're talking superheroes, not and nothing against Huntress, yep. but I mean, you're talking about a hero with that uses their power with Black Canary and the Canary Cry. Yep. You could you could do a little bit more with exactly. that. You could flesh out that character exactly. a little bit more. I just I just love Huntress. I'm a huge Huntress fan. So right, no, and I, I love the character too. And again, you're talking about a lot of, you know, Black Canary obviously is is more affiliated with mm-hmm. the Green Arrow, Huntress, Harley. Uh, Renee Montoya are all, yep. and even Black Mask and Cassandra Kane are all Batman esque. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really think you know, to your point, you could you could have done a fuller movie if you would have maybe brought in a different villain. But you need to showcase each of those. It can't be. The point I'm trying to make is that, like for example, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You had Colossus. Yeah. You had Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Deadpool was the main attraction, but those characters got their own time to shine. Mm-hmm. Do, do they do that in the, uh, I almost said Suicide Squad, did they do that in Birds of Prey and give each character their own moment to... Cassandra, Cassandra Kane did get a lot of screen time. You know, she, like I said, she's a huge part of the plot. Um, <clears throat> but to say that you know a ton about her character, no. You don't You don't end up knowing a lot about it or, or feeling like you... Like when I... Like if I was a new fan looking at a Deadpool movie and I didn't know Colossus... I'd have a good feeling coming out of there what Colossus was and what he represented. Same thing with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. You, you see the power, you see the attitude, you see all of the, the pieces that make the character. With the Cassandra Kane thing, the problem was is that when you're casting her as a child, you can't really build on the rest of it. Right. You know, so, so that character doesn't really get pushed out there. The Black Canary part, um, she is... It's kind of an origin story too, but it's built into the plot, so it's it's not it does it's not giving you tons and tons of detail, um, so she's not flushed out as well. Huntress was flushed out well as far as origin, because like I said, they go back to like the assassination of the family and and, and all of that, um, and then the revenge and how she trained. Like they literally touch all of that, which is good because you you've got the full picture. 
And I think they did that with her because the character is a bit more mysterious than the others, a bit more out of the plot and kind of pops in here and there until we get to the end. So I think it made sense for them to have that beginning with her. You know what I mean? So when this character came in, you know, like, who, who's this? You know, you know, so I think they did a good job there. So if you told me, uh, oh, and Mon Montoya, Montoya got good screen time where you, you, you have a good understanding of, you know, what she represents and, and what, um, what's made her, you know, get to this level with Birds of Prey and all that. So, so Montoya in Huntress, good scores, you know. Um, did you want me to? Do you want me to score these things, or you can if you want? I just I was just more thinking those, from 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 a Deadpool's perspective, from a Deadpool pers perspective. We know Colossus. We know, you know, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I w my my point was I wouldn't see a movie just with them. No, but if they were built up properly and we, you know, Deadpool was part of the team, and yep. then now I've had enough of Deadpool within the yep. first movie, even the, like the second movie. If we, they were to do a sequel from Deadpool 1 and they were to incorporate more of a team aspect, even mm -hmm. the team he put together, I mean, it was done tongue-in-cheek. Some of that was a little... But, yeah. I mean, my, my point is is that with Colossus and, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead reprising their roles from the mm -hmm. first movie, I'd I would have liked to have seen... I, I would have been okay in Deadpool 2 yeah. if they would have had more screen time and Deadpool worked in the team with them. Can you say the same thing moving forward if they do a sequel to Birds of Prey? No, only Huntress would be a character that I could see fitting somewhere um the other ones not so much which is a shame really because even even black canary is yeah. like for, behind yeah. wonder woman i think you know it's probably one of the more important characters yeah and, and, yeah. The, and so i don't know i just uh, we've questioned dc's motives in the past so it's nothing new so how would you how would you um we gave it an eight out of ten and we, we talked about that um where do you think the DCEU goes from here? I know they got the new Batman movie mm -hmm. that they're working on, and James Gunn is doing a soft reboot of the Suicide Squad. I don't even know what that means. So I, th I think it's going to be a couple of the same characters. I think Margot Robbie is yeah, going to be Smith, in that. Probably. I don't think I don't no. think Will Smith is going to be in that one. I know he he showed the cast list a while ago, and they have like eighteen people like of the Suicide Squad. So it's so a little... You know, a lot of them are going to get killed off right off the bat. Yeah. You know, so I think it's kind of, it's going to probably be all like cameos. And boom, similar to what the post Deadpool, credits. Well, no, not even that. Like the Deadpool team. Yeah, you know where they all they go all go on a mission and like six of them get wiped out right off the bat. Speaking of post credits, Birds of Prey, no real post credit scene. There is not a post credit scene. No, not worth staying for. But is there? Is there a scene? No, it's audio only. So okay, that's, like, that's okay. Yeah. That's that's you know what I mean. It's light. like yeah, yeah. Well, I just again like just but think of how we talk about you know, how these characters get created, how they capture the attention. As we mentioned, Harley Quinn, before she was a movie, uh, you know, a movie character, and before she was mm -hmm. a comic book character, she was an animated character on a cartoon that became so popular with the audience that they brought her into the comics. She became the Joker's mm -hmm. girlfriend. She, you know, obviously uh, Harleen Quinzel was the psychiatrist uh, of the Joker. He kind of warped her and turned her. And now, again, with the emancipation of one Harley Quinn, we see her kind of turning more to that anti-hero anti yeah, anti type of vibe. Um, but now, via superhero hype, the Joker has a new girlfriend. And I just want to read this blurb real quick. Mm -hmm. The character's name is Punchline. Punchline will make her first appearance in Batman 89, which hits stores on February 19th. There's subtle, see in Birds of Prey, this is very subtly mentioned. Really? Yes. 
Give me an example without trying to spoil it too much. It's hard. It's hard to give an example without spoiling it too much because basically, it's it's kind of, it drives the whole plot. I I really can't. Okay. It drives it drives the movie. It it just starts the movie. Starts, okay. Well, that's yeah. just a nice tease for those that haven't seen yeah. the movie. Go check that out. Yep. Uh, but again, uh, Punchline is going to make her appear her first appearance in Batman '89, which is going to hit stores on the 19th of February. However, this is little more than a glorified cameo. She will, however, show up in uh, one panel in that issue before getting a proper introduction the following week in Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen number three. So there's a hell, uh, a Year of the Villain whole process going on mm-hmm. in D- DC Comics right now. So the Joker's new girlfriend, which uh, you can check it out on, on the link that we'll have in the show notes, but it's going to be punchline, and that's makes sense. I, but again, so do you think this is? Do you think it's okay? Like the Joker's sidekick, I, I feel like that was kind of missing. If the Joker really is the antithesis, the opposite of Batman, and Batman has a Robin, should the Joker have his own sidekick? It I was, think so. It was Harley Quinn, I but then so. she got so popular. Yeah, she's too big to keep in that role. So, do you think if they can do something similar with punchline, will punchline kind of? eventually break out and will we be saying 10 years from now will we have birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one punchline i don't know (laughs) that's a real stretch stretch. but but again you never know how these things take off man uh i I don't think so i I think you know their comic book characters are almost like i want to example like uh athletes right like you get athletes that are just popular right they're popular for various reasons. They have different talents. I feel like with um, comic book characters, and uh, it, it's kind of a similar thing where, yeah, it's not an athlete, but people like them and gravitate to them for particular reasons. But isn't don't you think that uh, we're going on a little tangent here, yeah. but don't you think that would be more because of the way the writers write the character? Well, yes, but. I'm just saying that people gravitate towards the different ways that people write these characters, right? Like, how many iterations of the Joker have we had of, like, you know, people gravitate to different ones. Some are better than others, right? So I think it's the same thing with most comic book characters where some are just, you know, better than others. And if we're talking about this new character, Punchline, is it going to have the same, would it even be close to having the same uh, pop culture influence that Harley Quinn has had? Let's face it, Harley Quinn is now a pop culture icon right. in a lot of ways. But it also took her, what, when was that, 1992 when she was introduced, 1993? It also took her, you know, yeah, and it also, it also 20, took, 27 years. It also took Superman and Batman like 30 years. Right, that, yeah, that's so. a good point. So I'm saying who's <laughs> yeah. to say if, if Punchline is written well for the next three to four years, who's to say that character doesn't take Depends off? That's what they do with it, you know? I absolutely agree. All right, folks, we're going to take a break, and we've been name-dropping a certain character with green hair and white face paint throughout this. It was the catalyst for the birds Jack, of prey. don't tell them what you're wearing right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, that's what I wear on the weekends, but when we come back from break, we'll be discussing all things Joker. We'll be back after this. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. 4041 Media is a collection of podcasts in the southern New England area. And in addition to the great show that is Free Your Geek, you can check out 4041media.com and listen to the Psych Your Crime podcast to figure out why the crazies commit the crimes that they do. Or if movies are more your thing, check out the cast of characters at Movie Theater Time Machine. 
You can hear all of that at 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. 4041media, for listeners, by listeners. <laughs> What's so funny? It's just like just thinking of a joke. And welcome back to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am still your host, Jay Free. And I am still KB. Yes. Wow. That energy level. That's great. We're going to need that because we need to talk about somebody else right now. Somebody else that had some interesting energy when he was filming a particular movie. Let's talk about somebody that just won the 2020 Oscar for Best Actor in his performance in Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. How amazing is that? So we've had Heath Ledger win an award, and we've had Joaquin Phoenix, both for playing Joker, which I thought was cool. I feel like after that, actors are going to be lining up at the door now to play the Joker. Perhaps. I mean, everybody can have their own take on it. Um, but I, I, what I did... Had to I was going to say, because we've seen it done two different ways. We've, well, we've seen it done a number of different ways. But I mean, for, as far as the award winners. Go, oh, correct. We've you know seen saying? we've seen the Heath Ledger version, which I still think is probably the best version. I don't, I don't think anything will ever touch it. And uh, But Joaquin Phoenix, we'll talk about Joker here in a second. So I will say, if you haven't seen Joker yet, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. Did you get to watch it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but I want to talk, before we get into the movie, I want to talk about uh, Joaquin Phoenix, because I want, I'm going to draw what they call in the business a parallel. Okay. A parallel. But uh, via Variety, uh, just one of the quotes when he was doing his acceptance speech, he says, I do not feel elevated above any of my fellow nominees or anyone in this room because we share the same love, the love of film. And this form of expression has given me the most extraordinary. Uh, uh, wait. Yeah, he said, he's, this, wow. Let me start it again. Rewind. Rewind sound. I do not feel elevated above any of my fellow nominees or anyone in this room because we share the same love, the love of film. And this form of expression has given me uh, the most extraordinary. I don't know what I'd be without it, but I think the greatest gift it has given me and many of us in this room is the opportunity to use our voice for the voiceless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of interesting because we talk about the plot of Joker mm -hmm. and I think it's very much as I said a parallel with his speech versus the way uh the different um systems are set up in the, in the world of and Joker. He sees the world today. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Um so yeah, I watched Joker for, uh, we're a little bit late to the party on it, but yeah. um we're going to spoil it if you haven't watched it. Cuz so. it's been a long time and it's been, honestly if people spoiled it for us I'd be like I deserve that. He already won the award. Yeah, so like, I mean <laughs> it's it's if you, if you haven't seen it yet, like it's out now. It is an interesting movie. What let's let's start before we get into our feelings of it. You have a number for it. I have a number for it. What's your number? Like an 8 out of 10. Yeah. 8 out of 10. Yeah. All right, I very rarely do this. 
I'm giving it a 9.5 out of 10. It's, yeah, it's you almost... Never, you never throw the point any, five out there. I don't think anything is perfect. I never, I've never given anything a perfect <laughs> review. Nothing okay. would ever really get a 10. Uh, you know, I think for what the movie is going to be, and, and let's get one thing straight, this is not the same genre as a superhero movie. And this is standalone too, right? This like, is this standalone. This is completely out of the whole equation yeah. of... There's going to be no other ties. This is a standalone movie of the origin or one potential origin of Joker. Because as we know... There's multiple ones. There's multiple ones. different origins um, that we've seen along the way. Uh, but my point here is that this is not a superhero movie. Do not go into this expecting to watch a superhero movie. This is a psychological thriller. Expect a little blood. A, a little is an understatement. But it's an R-rated movie, and I think it crossed a billion dollars. Something right? like that, yeah. <coughs> which, which rarely happens. Yeah, um, but I think... Actually, has know, it happened before? I don't know. If We'd Dead, have to look it up. Deadpool might have Probably. gotten close. Probably. But again, Deadpool, it's, it, it, I can't even compare this to Deadpool. Yeah. No, because it's not even in that because genre. Because it's even... about a guy, uh, Arthur Fleck, who's basically just like this, like he's trying to battle his his psychological issues. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make a living and support his mother. And he's trying to, you know, chase his dream of being a comedian. And it's just like, you know, there's only so much that the world can like step on you and spit on you until you realize, hey, I've had enough and I need to do something about it. I've had a bad day. Well, that's that's the thing. All you need is one bad day, right? That's yep. uh, the killing joke. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's I, I find it so interesting. And again, I'm, it, it almost paints him as the hero of the yep. film. But at the same time, like you would know any other person doing this, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, yeah, he needs one. He needs help. Yep. And it's just, it's one of those things, again, society can't help him. So, again, I'm kind of making broad Society's strokes. his problem. That's his... Yes. So, let's let's just kind of break down a couple of the themes That's of... his antagonist. True. So, we know he's in therapy, and we've seen, you know, anybody that's watched the trailer says, you know, uh, you always ask me the same questions. Am I having any negative mm-hmm. thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. So, you know right off the bat. He's dealing with some type of psychological issue, and he's getting out of the box psychiatry treatment. And well, not even that, but the the funding gets cut for this yep. this program, so now he doesn't he can't even like afford to, to get his medication that's helping keep him in check. And it's just we're looking at Gotham. I forget what the time frame is. It's going to be like the. I was a little. I was a little. I don't know the the time frame. I wasn't really crazy about with some of this, but I'm sure you probably know what I'm talking about yeah, with yeah, the, the age difference and well, so yes and no. So again, this is depending this is, on the or, yeah. This is the point. This is what the origin. So we're, what you're alluding to, if I if I may, mm-hmm. is you're saying that Arthur Fleck is a man in his 40s. Yep. The film takes place, I would guess, that either the late 80s or early 90s, yep. and we see you know Thomas Wayne is more along the lines of the same age. As Arthur Fleck, then Bruce is like an eight-year-old exactly. kid. So I think you're you're saying like, how can this guy grow yeah. up to be? Why well, by the time Bruce Wayne is eighteen, this guy is going to be close to his sixties. Yeah, I don't think this is the Joker that he fights against. I was I th- thinking that too. I but. think this is the Joker that, as we see, and let's let's spoil the end of the film. Everybody's kind of on board with like this this mob mentality. Yeah, and this yep. this symbol. We talk about Batman. Being a symbol to scare, to scare you know criminals and be a symbol of fear, Joker is a symbol of like uprising almost, like not accepting your station, 
Yes, exactly. Um, and I think it's very interesting. So he might, he might kind of, um, you know, be the role model mm-hmm. for the Joker that we know and love. I, I, I don't know. Um, but let's, let's get kind of rewind because he's not the Joker yet. He's Arthur Fleck. He's, uh, he works as a clown. He puts on makeup. He's, he does advertising. He, you know, holding signs for, for companies. He visits sick children in the hospital. You really feel for this guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, he's just such a poor thing. You're like, yeah. oh man. And then you see him taking care of his mother and, you know, she's, she's, you know, older and frailer than, you know, you would think for, you know, a man in his forties, mm-hmm. she's probably in her sixties or seventies at this yeah. point. And she keeps writing letters to Thomas Wayne and Thomas Wayne represents almost, he's kind of the villain of the story. <laughs> it seemed that way. Yeah. Like, you know, this, you know, and all other iterations that we've seen, especially from Bruce Wayne's point of view, Thomas Wayne is this caring person that's trying to better Gotham. He, you know, he's trying to help, all the stuff that he's doing with his, his charity. And yes, he's a doctor, but he's in all the iterations of the comic books. He's trying to like give back. He's funding different projects to make Gotham better and help reduce crime. And he's still, he's running for mayor in this he movie. He felt like more like Penguin. He did. And, and again, yeah. not, not anything overt. No. But it's just, you know, we, we see and we kind of get the feeling. Um, it's interesting because we see Arthur uh, basically spinning his sign gets jumped by a bunch yep. of kids. We've seen that in the trailer. They smack him with the sign. They beat the crap out of him. Then all of a sudden, his boss is like, you need to pay for that. You need to return that sign that the company wants. Or it's that coming was like out the first step. Your, it's coming out of your paycheck. Like, yeah. dude, I got my butt kicked by a bunch of kids, a bunch of punk-ass kids. And you're like, you know, that's the least of my worries. Then, because of that, his buddy gives him a gun. He has the gun on him when he goes to visit Children's Hospital. The gun falls out, and he gets fired from his job. Because now there's a complaint against mm-hmm. him. All that leads up to him sitting on the subway after getting fired, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen mm-hmm. that I might be a little bit miss, missing on a few of these points. And then we see three like douchey, like young executives, and they're like yep. trying to like they're there's not overtly sexually harassing this woman, but they they're like they're like, hey, my buddy's trying to talk to you, and he's throwing like French yeah. fries at her, and you can tell this woman's uncomfortable. uncomfortable yep. And we should point out that the whole time, the one of the psychological issues that Arthur has is during like uncomfortable times he laughs mm-hmm. and twitches uncontrollably. I think we've seen the scene in the trailer where he's making faces at the kid and the mother yells at him saying, stop bothering yep. my son. During that scene, he starts laughing again uncontrollably. He hands her a card saying, I have an affliction. You know, I laugh and spasm uncontrollably at times when, I, you know, in certain social awkward mm-hmm. situations, which is kind of interesting because then when he's uh things are happening with the young woman on the the subway it's just the uh, the three guys the woman and arthur in this one car mm-hmm. and he starts laughing because he's getting uncomfortable and they kind of like start ragging on him and teasing him a little bit mm-hmm. such to the point where they start beating him up and he takes the gun out and he kills two of them you know whether you want to call it self-defense or not the other one when they make a stop finally he gets shot in the leg so he's he's not being able to escape very quickly mm-hmm. And the and I almost said the Joker, but Arthur walks out and executes him. Mm-hmm. The other, the first two, you could say it was self defense. The third one is I think where mm-hmm. he flips and he's it's like very well calculated. I'm executing yeah. him now. Now I'm not just doing it to defend myself. I'm actively seeking him out to kill him, and I think that's very very interesting. While that's going on, the whole side plot of him wanting to be a comedian mm-hmm. is coming out. And he's writing material. He's writing in his notebook. If you read some of that, yeah. it's dark. It's real. I wish dark. they did like an extra feature of like 
the pages of the notebook to just read it. And what his mind is thinking. Yeah. And then we see on the news that the you know people are starting to rally behind this guy that was wearing clown makeup when he killed these rich snobby dudes, but they never say that they were harassing a woman. And then Thomas Wayne comes on TV and talks about them being upstanding young Wayne yeah. Enterprise employees. Blah blah blah. And it's but it's yep. it's it's really interesting to see like the, the the rich versus the poor mentality in that type of situation, because the the, the those that are less fortunate are kind of rallying behind this symbol mm-hmm. of like standing up to these rich and powerful people that you know all these people are rich and we're not getting anything for it. You know we're getting poorer. We're working harder, and I just think it's just a very interesting dynamic that they kind of for lack of a better term painted um when they created this film the whole time that's going on there's also a character murray which uh <laughs> I, I was watching a youtube video murray the the um the font for the murray whatever the the talk show is is the same font they used in batman the the animated series okay. so it's just a cool little easter egg uh, the other easter egg i found out is in the 89 batman when Jack Nicholson is going through the museum and he's spray painting all the paintings, yep. the same painting is in Arthur's apartment. It's a smaller version of, of one of those paintings. So it's okay. kind of cool that they threw a couple Easter eggs in there. Um, so Murray is a, this talk show host that I, uh, is idolized by, yeah, it's Rob, uh, Bobby De Niro. Robert De Niro is Bobby De Niro. Bobby De Niro, man. He, no, but he's idolized by Arthur Fleck. He, he's, he has this like almost like this daydream. Or this vision where he's on the show and, you know, he's sitting in... It was hallucinating. Well, he was hallucinating hallucinating. that that, uh, Murray was like, you know, pulled him out of the audience and talked to him. Um, Which you kind of don't really clearly see it's a hallucination at the time. Right. You think you... Well, and that's leading up to the other piece uh, where he does. He meets this uh, his neighbor across the hall, Mm -hmm. a single mother, uh, played by Zazie Beetz. And we mentioned Deadpool a little Mm -hmm. earlier. She plays Domino Domino, in Deadpool. I can't remember the character's name in the movie off the top of my head, um, but uh, she has a young daughter, and he ends up following uh, the the mother and watching her, her drop her daughter off, and like she finds out, and they actually form a bond and almost like a friendship. Mm-hmm. And while that's going on, Arthur's mother, I believe it's is it Penny, I can't remember Penelope, I can't remember what her name is, yep. um, but uh, she ends up. Uh, keeps writing Thomas Wayne letters and they keep getting, you know, she keeps waiting for a response, which she never gets. Mm-hmm. And uh, halfway throughout the movie, she suffers a stroke, I believe mm-hmm. it is, and she's in the hospital. Come to find out, she, she, uh, Arthur finds out that Thomas Wayne is his father, that, uh, you know, when his mother used to work for Wayne Enterprises, they had an affair. That, that, threw, that threw me for a loop a little bit, like why they would do that. At least I'm glad it just makes sense in the movie. Yeah, um, and and we'll we'll talk about that. Yep. So, this whole time, this leads up to uh, Zazie Beetz's character and uh, uh, and Arthur. He takes her to the uh, his stand up. He invites her to his stand up, and his first couple of jokes are kind of eh, mm-hmm. but then he starts, and they're like very like bad. Yeah, I, I listen. I love a bad joke as much as anyone else, but um, man, these jokes are those mm-hmm. jokes are bad and uh but he finally wins like jokes uh he finally wins the audience over sophie the character that zazzy beats plays starts laughing and you hear the audience start laughing and picking up mm-hmm. well fast forward to while he's in there watching his mother he sees murray i believe it's when he's watching his mother he sees murray come on tv or it might be at home i can't remember now i can't remember do you happen to know when he sees that 
it's uh, so Murray ends up playing a clip from that comedy show. I think it was. And, I think it was in the hospital. Yeah, and he makes mm-hmm. fun of Arthur, and that's another thing. Now your one hero, the one person that brings you joy yeah. in this life, is now mocking you, and that all leads up. He ends up smothering his mother. Yep. He ends up going. Uh, well, smothering his mother. Why? Why don't you tell us? Because she flat out lied to him when he confronted. Uh, Thomas Wayne, right, right, and it's one of the first time we're seeing Bruce. Yep, and Alfred. Uh, Alfred, right. So he's going to confront Thomas Wayne, and Alfred's telling him the truth, essentially what the truth is. Um, and Thomas Wayne knows this to be truth as well that that Alfred um, that he's he's not that he's not his that he's not his son, and that his mother was you know delusional uh, and had mental health issues and was you know in a mental institution and whatnot. And that drives him to actually go to uh, retrieve those records and find out more about her, uh, which then brings on to uh, Jay Free's point about the <coughs> suffocating his mother because he 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 had the, he had to find out the truth first. So that truth was that heartbreaking moment that set him, I think, over the edge. You know, you could argue it's one or the other. It's either him being embarrassed by um, what's what's the guy's name? I just forgot. Murray. Murray. Yep. By Murray or the 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 truth about his mother and how his condition really isn't that there's something wrong with him. It's that he was like beaten and abused and concussed and like all this other stuff. I mean, that's a lot. Taking in all of that at once, you can see it. it not saying it justifies the means, but you get it. You know what I mean? So right. that, that's how I look at it. And so as this is happening with everything he's doing, uh, Arthur, again, becomes a symbol to force. Yeah. Everyone else is now wearing clown masks mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And there's two police detectives eventually go after him for uh, the murder of the three Wayne Enterprise <clears throat> guys. He ends up uh, killing the guy that sold him the gun that mm-hmm. he used to work with. But he lets, and it was like, there was the Gary, only. I think his name was Gary. I think Greg. so. Um, it was Gary or Greg. It was with a G. It, it made me. Uh, but it made me laugh. And then there was a, a little person that was also a clown and he's the only one that was nice to Arthur yeah. when they all worked together. So the two guys come over after hearing about his mother's death and he shoots, uh, no, he stabs one of them with the scissors and then the little person can't get it. It's the Skip. only, like it's the only yeah. m- moment in the movie that kind of made me like, Oh my God, like unintentionally. I don't know if it was unintentional, but it made me laugh. Yeah. In the sense that he he locked the door with the chain and he couldn't he so after this guy sees this horrific thing and he's like freaking out he goes Arthur can you let me out and I was just like oh my god so random and and then you're kind of like is he gonna really let him out but that's what he right? said then that's but to me that's that's, that's the thing because he looks yeah. at him and says you were the only one that was ever nice to me yeah and and that's like again he's he's some person that's not kicking him while he's down and spitting yeah. on him or grinding him further into the ground is like showed him kindness and it's like, I'm going to let you live. And that's where it's like, okay, like this guy is not a hero. He needs to be put away. He needs whatnot. But because he bombs so bad, he gets, uh, I guess it is, it's almost went like it went viral that, that clip that Murray played. Mm -hmm. So they want Arthur on the Murray show and he shows up in his Joker makeup and the clown makeup. And that's where, again, we saw the trailers. Like, can you introduce me as Joker? And then when he gets introduced, they start talking about, and I'm not going to spoil that, but let's just say the last five minutes of him on that Murray show mm-hmm. is bone chilling. Yeah. Bone chilling. I was like, I was on the edge of my seat 
when I was watching that. And you I, hear him talking build up. Yeah. Like he, he basically paints the picture. He summarizes everything that's going everything on. Everything you just saw, <laughs> which is pretty right. pretty intelligent in the way it was done. And then we see yeah. at the conclusion of what happens at the Murray show, it incites a riot with all those supporters now wearing uh, clown masks and whatnot. They're, they're mm-hmm. looting, they're rioting, and then that leads into another person with the clown mask where we know that yep. the, the we've seen it a million times already, but here go the Waynes leaving the theater. Yep. And we see, uh, you know, somebody, pearls and everything. Yep, absolutely. So all in all, I thought it was such a great movie. I wouldn't, I, again, I don't consider this, it, it's got, it, like, it, it, it definitely really takes the Joker and allows us to enjoy a piece of the mythology of the Joker by itself. Yeah, in and of itself, without Batman, without or it's a unique origin. Unique. To your point, exactly. It's, it's it's got characters in there, but it's not like it's not like a superhero or it's the police going to stop him. Yeah. It's a person that has nothing left to lose now. Everything he believed in was a lie. Everything the world keeps like hitting him while he's down. So finally, he pushes back. But because of his condition, because of everything, he's tragic. He's not yeah. a hero. But he's also inspiring people to stand up. So it's like such a weird type of dichotomy where mm-hmm. he's not the hero, but you want to see him not but even want to see him succeed, but you like you you kind of feel for him and you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, I want him to get some relief. Yeah. And yeah. but it's like the way he's going about it is wrong. And it's just so many layers. It's absolutely mm-hmm. great. Um But what why don't we talk about his performance though? Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. But before because, we talk yeah, we okay, we'll talk well, about that. No, no, we'll talk about that. Like uh, Joaquin Phoenix is is amazing. I think the way he portrayed the Joker, Arthur Fleck. I just uh, again, you feel when he's you get, get goosebumps sometimes, right? You get like, chills, yeah. When he's down on his luck, and you see like like when the um, therapist said, "Hey, I can no longer we, this this place is getting shut down. I can't help you anymore." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Well, how am I supposed to like who's how am I supposed to afford my medication now?" Like you really that like yeah. tugs at your heartstrings cuz like you we all know people that are, you know, yeah. you know, can't, you know, can't uh, times are tough and, and yeah, yeah they, they they're trying to rub two pennies together and and, and whatnot. And, and these public health right places and, get shut and, down and yep. Yeah, and just like and then but at the same time then we see him like uh, the scene that was in the trailer was when he gets, I don't know if it's when he got fired, but it's around the time where he got yelled at where he's coming out mm-hmm. of the hallway from his job. Yeah. And he's, again, doing, and, 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 and he just drops it. Like, that's like, it wasn't intentional. That yeah. was his tick, but it makes you like, wow, this dude's messed up. And then even that bus scene where he's making the face of that kid and then the yeah. mother yells at him. It's like, dude, he's trying to entertain your kid. He's yeah. trying to entertain your child, you know? And then he, she, he starts laughing when she yells at him and then she's like, what's wrong with you? And then, Again, you just Card. see him laughing and everybody's just looking at him and you feel, and you know what it is? I think a lot of it is because in the culture that we live in now mm-hmm. with the, the, the amount of attention that bullying and yep. whatnot is, you know, we I see this guy that's that. kind of like. It's the kid in school that always really got really hammered, really, really hammered hard with bullying and things right. like that. And they're finally standing up for themselves. And, or, and not even that, but it's like people don't take enough time to yeah. get to know that person. Like you're laughing, you, you know, you're, you're all looking at this guy and thinking he's a freak based on you know, his laugh and his tics and whatever else he might. But again, we come to find out later, he was abused as a child. Yeah. Like it's, it's one and of how many things. people can relate to that. Right. A lot of the, a lot of the things that go on in this movie. And that's one of the things that makes it so interesting is that, yeah, it's all blown up to be, you know, dramatic and to, for the sake of the movie. But a lot of it is so relatable emotionally. Right. 
And then so you, you feel really bad from when he's down on his luck, and then you see like the psychological stuff he's been going through and the stuff that might have affected him. But then you get to the point like we talk about on the Murray show where he gets very, very focused. Yep. And it's, 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 almost like, it's, it's almost like little like flicks of the Joker that we know. And, and just, the, the, the yeah. maniacal, the manipulative, the, the intelligence. And he just starts going off, and he's so laser-focused on what he's saying. Yeah. And he's captivating everybody there, and that they're, they're freaking out because of stuff yeah. that he's doing and talking about. He basically admits, I won't give everything away, but he admits that he's the person that, that they're looking for on the mm-hmm. subway that shot the three guys, and he goes into his, his explanation of it, yeah. and it's just like, wow, this guy is deranged. He needs help. Yeah. But you don't feel sorry for him in that point. You're afraid of him at that point because now you realize he's— That's interesting that you say that. Because I still, I was still, I, I, I was not afraid. I wasn't afraid of him at that point. And maybe it's because my mental health journey has been different than other right. people's. I still felt sorry for him, and that's. But it's so interesting is that that's the different way people can take the film, right? And that's the amazing part about it. And then we come to find out certain other things happen. Uh, Sophie, who he's had kind of a friendship with, she's never even met him. That was a hallucination yeah. the entire time. He's just been obsessed with her. I think. I think no. I think that he met her in the hallway. Oh, the elevator. Yeah, the yeah. Elevator yeah, yeah. Up and they did the yeah, like yeah. That. But then after that, that's really good to make those sound effects on on an audio podcast. Uh, KB <laughs> KB was doing it. They pantomime the the gun yeah. the gun hand gesture to the head. Uh, but yeah, you're that's you're correct. So he meets her in the, what the a way hallway. To flirt. <laughs> right, but <laughs> but the point is, is that after yeah. following her and all that other stuff, when she comes back and she's like, "Were you following me?" and he, he admits to it, and then she understands that none of that ever happened. No. So it's like all of that was in his mind, and you see different scenes when she was with him and she was never there, and then when it came to the reality time when he was in her apartment, right? Actually, in there, she was like freaking out, and she he said, "I've had a bad day," and that was like, "Wow!" Like that. Here's somebody who has, you know, uh, f- fantasized, uh, romanticized uh, somebody they barely know. And to be that off the rails of like just, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, I don't know, the, the the words that I'm feeling. And he didn't do anything, which another spoiler, he, he doesn't do anything. Right. Which it just shows that there's there's somebody in there. Beyond the crazy, you know, um, so I, I could appreciate that. I also want to talk about which uh, doesn't get enough love, I think, in movies and like a good movie. Again, this is not a superhero movie. No. It's it's. I want to talk about the score, and okay. I want to talk about the soundtrack. The okay. score, just like the instrumentals, as he's doing, so perfect for yep. the film. And then the the songs they used. Oh, um, the Frank Sinatra. That's life. That's 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 my favorite. So that that's what ends the film. And it was it was in the middle of the film too at some point, right? Yeah. But the the whole the whole tying yeah. together is that when Murray ends his show, yeah. he kind of talks to the camera, kind of like you know <clears throat> any other late night host like Jimmy Fallon or, or Kimmel, and he says his thing. His catchphrase is "Hey folks, no matter what, that's life," and that's it was just interesting and it was mm-hmm. a cool tie together. Obviously, we know "Send in the Clowns," yeah, that was their smile, great song. There was just. Uh, so many, so many good songs mm-hmm. that they used. Uh, if you're happy and you know it, you know that when he was at the children's hospital. Yeah. Um, but again, the score. Uh, I need to look that up, but I need to like talk about uh, who did that because that was so so good. Um, yeah, good music behind the yeah, and that that again that led to movie. 
but that it does helps. make the movie because it, it helps you f- like it almost like uh, helps. It accentuates accentu- your feeling. Wow, we use the same accentuates word. Accentuates how Great you minds feel. Think yeah. alike. Or what about us? <laughs> or just us? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I think yeah, overall it was just such such a yeah. great great film. Great film. Anything else you want to add before we uh, get out of here, KB? No, but I, I one thing I will say is that last thing I'll say is that I think we definitely found our number two because we always have that argument about the best played Joker. Not always have the argument, but you know who's the best Joker? People do have that discussion. And right. I, to me, I think he's number two now. I think as far as films goes, he's yes. the best Joker, second best Joker in film next exactly. to Heath Ledger, but it's a different version. So, I, yeah. I mean, I put that, and that's the thing, I, I don't put it in the same yeah. category as the other Jokers because it's not Joker versus Batman or Joker versus, it's it's, yep. it's not its tied thing, to, yeah. it, it, I mean, again, we saw Bruce, we saw Thomas, we saw Alfred. We're in you know, Gotham. We're in Gotham, yeah. but those are the only, like, we don't see him interacting with, you know, uh, just, just, just those uh, two detectives yeah. that are at, like, but we don't see him into, like, you know what I mean? There's no yeah. like major like Hero scheming, or, scheming yeah. plot. There's or, no yeah. like I'm gonna go get. It's just a man at the end of his rope, finally saying, you know what? Screw this. I'm gonna, you know. Yeah, you could, st- do, you, you could honestly do, you could honestly do it without the mask. Yeah, and well, a Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is yep. a great movie. It's very yeah. similar. Um, it's like a new age Taxi Driver. Um, that's that's a good analogy. But before we get out of here, uh, we have some Cerebro suggestions. Okay. Uh, KB, I want to talk. Have you ever watched Superpower Beatdown by Bat in the Sun on YouTube? No, I have not. Uh, I'll show you a little bit of that. But they have a, an older video. It's the Joker and Harley Quinn. I thought it was apropos for this episode. Oh, is this where people like... Versus Domino and Deadpool. Like real people dress yeah, up. It's, and, okay, it's, I, yeah, I have seen some the, of this. The special effects have gotten really, really good. Bat in the Sun is killing it. Um, another YouTube video, it's uh, by Screen Rant. They have their... A video series called Pitch Meetings. Mm-hmm. They just released the Birds of Prey pitch meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in relation to the way the box office has been uh, reacting to that. Uh, but then we're we're on Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. You know, subscribe, like, review. That'd be great. Um, but Spotify has a Birds of Prey playlist, which is actually really really good. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Good soundtrack. And then friend of the show, Brittany Santiago, has her own YouTube page called The Lady Cave, and she uh, highlights friend of the show, uh, Brian C. Roll, his Odyssey art. He does a lot of um, alter ego Mm -hmm. images. He's on a a lot of the local cons around New York Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, So I'm going to link to both her video and his website in the show notes as well. And then as far as us, you can follow us on uh, Instagram at FreeYourGeek. I'm jfree82. KB, do you have a, an Instagram that you want to give out? Yeah. No. KB's good. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Free Your Geek or I'm jfree82 on there. And then our website, jfree the geek. Anything else you want to add? Not really. I think you hit it all on the Twitter, the Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah. And again, for the we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. I'm still trying to figure out how to get on Google. I'm, I haven't really been... Keeping up to track on that, keeping up the speed on that, keeping track of that. But we're we're on all anywhere you can get. Just go to Google, type in Free Your Geek, subscribe to something. You'll see the logo. Uh, rate us, review us. Uh, we we appreciate that. We appreciate you listening. Feel free to share it with your friends that might geek out over this. Help us grow the fan base. But until next time, KB, why don't you hit him with the catchphrase? Get your geek on. <laughs> I can't laugh like this. That was right. horrible. It was horrible. I'm keeping that in, uh, though. Keep it in. Keep right. it in. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. <laughs>
you're still here. It's over. Go home. <laughs>